Good morning. It is March 30, 2022, and it's a Wednesday. This is my mother's book room, a podcast where I read a book from my late mother's library. Today we're reading Canto number two from Dante's Inferno, from his Divine Commedia. Canto number two. Daylight was leaving us in darkened air, drawing those creatures that there on earth from all their laborers, I alone. I was the only one preparing, as in war, to onward march and bear the agony that thought will now unfailingly relate. I call the muses, you great heights of mind, bring help to me. Memory, you wrote down all I saw. Now shall be seen the greatness of your power. You, I began, my poet, my guide, look at me hard. Am I in spirit strong enough for you to trust me on this arduous road? As you once told the sire of Civilis, traveled, though still in fragile flesh, to realms immortal and his senses all alive. Nor will it seem to those of intellect unfitting if the enemy of ill should thus so greatly favor him, recalling what would flow from him, his name, and who he was. He was ordained in Empyrean skies, father of Rome, its noble heart and empire, to speak the truth, that city and that sphere it ruled was founded as the sacred seat for all your inheritors of great St. Peter. You have proclaimed the glory of that march. He, on his way, heard prophecies that led to all triumphs and the papal stole. And then St. Paul the chosen vessel came to carry back a strengthening of that faith from which salvation always must begin. But me? Why me? Who says I can? I am not your own Aeneas. I am not St. Paul. No one, not me, could think I am fit for this. Surrendering, I'll say I'll come. I fear this may be lunacy. You, though, are wise. You know me better than any my own words say. And so, as though one wanting every want, so altering all that every altering thought, now drawing back from everything begun, I stood there on the darkened slope, fretting away from thought to thought, the behold intent that seemed so very urgent at the outset. Supposing I have heard your words aright, the shadow of the noble mind replied, your heart is struck with ignominious dread. This very often is the stumbling block that turns a noble enterprise off course, as beasts will balk at the shadows falsely seen. With those I was, whose lives are held in poise, and then I heard a lady call, so blessed, so beautiful. I begged her to tell me all she wished. Her eyes were shining brighter than the stars. Then gently, softly, calmly she began speaking, as angels might in her own tongue. You, Mentuan, so courteous in spirit, your fame endures undimmed throughout the world and shall endure still that world moves onwards. A man most dear to me, though not to fate, is so entrammeled on the lonely hill that now he churns all terror 
from the way. My fear must be he so bewildered there that, hearing all I've heard from him in heaven, I rise too late to bring him any aid. Now make your way with all your eloquence and all that his deliverance demands. Lend him your help so I shall be consoled. For me you'll go since I am Beatrice and I have come from where I long to be. Love is my mover, source of all I say. When I again appear before my Lord, then I shall often speak your praise to him. She now fell silent, and I began to speak. Lady of worth and truth, through you alone the human race goes far beyond that bourne set by the lunar sphere, smallest of all the skies. To me, so welcome is your least command. I'd be too slow had I obeyed by now. You need no more declare to me your will. But tell me why you take so little care and down this dread middle point you leave the spacious circle where you burn to go. Since you desired to know so inwardly than briefly, she replied, I'll tell you why I feel no dread at entering down here. We dread an object when but only when that object has the power to do some harm. Nothing can otherwise occasion fear. I was created by the grace of God and so untouched by all of your wretchedness. Nor can the flames of this great fire assail me. In heaven, a lady, gracious, good, and kind, grieves at the impasse that I send to you and, weeping, reaves the high, unbending rule. She, Lucia, seeking her reply, Your faithful one, she said to her, has now great need of you. I give him to your care. Lucia is the enemy of harm. Leaving her place, she came at once to where I sat, Rachel, long-famed beside me. You, Beatrice, are in truth God's praise. Why not, she said, make haste to him. He loves you and, loving you, he left the common herd. Can you not hear the pity of his tears? Do you not see the death that beats him down, swirling in torrents that no sea could boast? No one on earth has ever run more rapidly to seek advantage or flee from harm than I in coming. When her words were done, down from that throne of happiness to trust in your great words, their dignity and truth, these honor you and those who hear you speak. When she had said her say in tears, she turned her eyes away, which shone as she was weeping, and this made me far quicker still for you. So now, as she had willed, I made my way to raise you from the face of that brute beast that stole your pathway up that lovely hill. What is it then? What's wrong? Why still delay? Why fondle in your heart such feebleness? Why wait? Be forthright, brave, resolute. Three ladies of the court of paradise in utmost happiness watch over you. My own words promise you the utmost good. As little flowers bend low on freezing nights, close tight, but then as sunlight whitens them, grow upright on their stems, and fully open, now so did I. 
my wearied powers receiving there ran such wealth of boldness to my heart that openly, all new and free, I now began. How quick in compassion her aid to me. And you, so courteous, prompt accede to all those words of truth that she has offered. You, as you speak, have disposed my heart in keen desire to journey on this way, that I return to find my first good purpose. Set off, a single will inspire us both. You are my lord, my leader, my true guide. All this I said to him as he moved on. I entered that deep and wooded road. So that was canto number two of Dante's Inferno. I appreciate in the beginning where he is obviously in agony and he calls upon the muses of the mind and memory to help him along the way. You can tell he's afraid to go on this journey. And then Virgil basically says, hey, someone you love's up there is looking out over you. Three someones, actually. Three someones. Mrs. Beatrice and Lucia, and I believe it was Rachel. And so eventually he hears this story from Virgil, and he says, all right, let's do it. Let's keep going. I appreciate the line from Beatrice on line 88 where she says, We dread an object when, but only when, that object has the power to do some harm. Nothing can otherwise occasion fear. Pretty good line. All right, so join us next time. We'll read a little more of Dante. Again, this is my mother's book room. Thank you for joining me.